Hi, this is Christopher Walken. I uh calling in is sick and wrong with a joke. Uh what's the difference between Amy Winehouse and a moped? A moped can make it to thirty. I gotta go. Bye. Oh yeah, my favorite podcast is the Sick and Wrong podcast. Cause it's a very good podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a funny, 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 funny show. Sick and Wrong podcast is a wonderful Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm on your host, E. Simon. And I am Harrison. Harrison, i got to ask you a question. Mm. Were you the guy who took a pickaxe yes. to oh. Trump's star and the Hollywood Walk of Fame over there? Uh, no, I had to sell my pickaxe. Oh, damn so, it. Yeah. I was like, when I saw that, I'm like, mm. God, I hope this is Harrison hopped up on like PCP and Black Beauties or something, uh-huh. taking a pickaxe at Trump's while mm. wearing a sick and wrong shirt because I'm like, this is mm. the ultimate publicity. Yeah. And it wasn't you any, at all, was I, it? There's the picture of it. No, it's, it was not me. Damn it! Mm. Next time. The third time. I heard time. there was a, there was a uh, kerfuffle, a brouhaha. You, you know what's kind of crazy about it? Not that I give a shit about any star in the Hollywood yeah, yeah. Walk of Fame, except for Ozzy's, maybe Pee Wee Herman's. But, uh... Trump star has been vandalized. It's been yeah. shit on. It's been pissed on. Yeah. Uh, someone like you know spray painted swastikas on it. Right. Um, it's been literally destroyed twice. It's mm. the second time. The first time, some guy just wore like a construction outfit in the middle of the night, just pick at like jackhammering mm. it. This time, some guy just went out with a pickaxe and mm. just went to town. Uh, they already caught the guy. I was joking about that, but they caught the guy. It's like a five thousand uh, dollar uh, fine. That oh. the dude's gonna spend and spend like probably two years probation. It's not mm-hmm. that bad. Yeah, I mean we could crowdfund this, Harrison. Well, uh, well I heard that yeah, because it was like a fight or a thing. It's not that far from my house. So it's like if I had, I mean, there's just like an app where it'll tell you like if fucked up things are happening well, in Los Angeles. So like, it happened this thing. It happened Wednesday night at yeah. like three in the morning. But yeah. then, uh, yeah, Wednesday night three in the morning. By Thursday night, mm-hmm. they're already fixed the star. Oh, I don't know how that works. Like, do yeah? Does Trump have to pay for it again? That's a good, great question. Does the Academy pay for? It? I don't know who owns the stars. Yeah, because it costs like what thirty grand to get one of those. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, they already fixed the star. Yeah. And so last night when they were working on the star, there's a big protest of anti-Trump people and Trump people, and then a big kerfuffle, uh, shenanigans ensued. And uh, I guess the star's back, back in business. It's back. All right. So anyway, right. next time. You got to wear a sick and wrong shirt mm. and take a pickaxe to it. Okay. At least something. Anyway, big news and other news. I think I was, I was going to do that, but like I, I, I think we, I accidentally smashed Lucille Ball's star. Like I didn't, I, fuck, <laughs> I totally fucked it up. You and know? no one cared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one cared. But anyway, I have bigger news than Trump's fucking star getting smashed. Okay, okay. We just launched a new website. Yeah. Launched a brand new website. If you go to sickandwrongpodcast.com, 
I don't know how many people actually go to the website anyway to check right. out the show. Mm. I think it's only a few people. But we've had the same website for a while. At least six people. Well, well for a while we've mm. had the same website. Partially because, mm. you know, we launched it in like 2010 or 2011. And this guy, uh, uh, Chris Igo from igosolutions.com, he's the guy that originally like put the job with Gacy and made that blog. And back in 2010, that was what webs- you know, podcast websites look like. Mm. Well, during from 2010 to now they've come they've kind of gone like this through this like aesthetic transformation where it looks like if you go to like last podcast on the left or my favorite murder don't they mention other podcasts on our podcast please d okay? whatever just don't I mean, <laughs> there don't. are other podcasts that exist no no there aren't there's only this one <laughs> we're the only one yeah. okay don't fucking mention other ones let please. me carry on the illusion of central yeah. position but anyway if you go to other podcasts don't yeah. But if you do, you'll notice that their sites look aesthetically more pleasing than our John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. And Harrison hated the John Wayne Gacy I logo. I didn't like it, yeah. I don't know why you hated him. You, just, you, just, you don't like Gacy? I'm not a big fan. Killer Clown or just Gacy in general? Gacy in general. I'm not a you, big, know, you know, I was sick of that logo too. And I, I just, I don't know, I just was too lazy to actually do anything about it. Right. Up until I was talking to some guy at work who's like, dude, your website's so like, 2008 yeah and i was like you know what he's right so i contacted yeah, I mean, the same it's guy it's great it's it was it's great if you're running a fucking store on saint mark's place but it just didn't <laughs> seem to work for the you know <laughs> like off-brand <laughs> hot topic gear yeah or like you um, know t-shirts that say fucking go nuts instead of dunkin donuts we, we did actually sell that for oh. a while back in like 2012 but uh, okay. um but anyway yeah. we had uh, redoing the site revamping it i think i put a lot of hard work into this along mm. with this guy scott um from igo solutions and you know harrison did a lot of work on it too mm. And I got to say, it came out pretty fucking good. Yeah. It looks cool. It does. You know, we, We're we've blazing kept... boldly forward into 2011. Well, I kind of feel like site, it's sort know? of a rebranding of sorts. Yeah. Like we're kind of getting yeah. a little more like serious with our podcasting. You know, we're, we're we delving are. into new new areas, new subjects, yeah. new subject matter. And uh, yeah, I think it looks cool. So people go to stickaroundpodcast.com and check out the new site. Um, like a phoenix think. from the ashes. Yeah, you, we even have we a newsletter reborn. now. You can sign up for a newsletter. Mm. You can like, yeah. And we owe it all the people from Patreon who have been supporting us because mm. that's how we pay for it. Yeah. So yeah, we, we thank you for that. And uh, yeah, it's a cool site. You can uh, go check it out. Um, but yeah, in other news, part of, part of the whole thing is that we're kind of rebranding the content, getting a little more serious with our intros. Mm. Um, so last week, we were talking about Elsagate. Yes. And what's funny about that is I tweeted out a description of the show and just hashtagged it. Yeah. And all these moms started uh, responding to me, like commenting get, on Twitter. I'm beginning just, to Yeah, too. just being like, oh, it's real. Yeah, yeah. You know, the conspiracy's real. It's out mm. there. So we're kind of continuing with that theme, kind of an Elsagate part two. But this time, we're going to be focusing on this mysterious commune, I guess, called The Finders. The Finders, yes. The and Finders. possible connection to Elsagate. Which is a spurious connection, because do The Finders even exist anymore? It probably not. Um, should we should we get into this? Yeah, should yeah. We? I'm, I'm just right. saying, like, yeah. Wh- who are the finders? I okay. Guess, well, before all. I get into who the finders are, let me show why people are talking about them now. Okay, because um, I'm gonna pull up in this. Uh, where's my thing? I'm a jig. Oh yeah, here it is. So there's um there's there's a lot of comments on these Elsa Gate videos, and uh, a lot of them are just nonsense. I, we we yeah, talked yeah. about I mean, that last looking, week. Yeah, we're looking so that. I'm showing this 
image right here. And there's a comment, like they comment on the, the channels that have Elsagate content. They comment on each other's pages. And a lot of the, the thing is just nonsense. Like this one says G Z L Z H V M F S V. It's just literal, just no, literally bunch of just nonsense. Random consonants. Yeah, literally yeah. nonsense. Um, and this, it's on a ton of them. So is this some kind of code or something? It is. Or? It is. Did um, you decrypt it? Uh, yeah, I, I put it in a. Well, I, I just used a program. People, this is what it. Harrison does for fun at night because the guy doesn't have a job, so he doesn't have to wake up in the morning. Doesn't have a girlfriend, so I, he's I, just I, online mm, decrypting messages yeah. on Elsagate videos. That's well, dedication. <laughs> there's a program <laughs> called CryptQuip that, that 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 uses all the basic ciphers on like a, a coded message. You don't even need the key. It runs like all the like the. I don't know Caesar and fucking Brought 13 and all the different ciphers dude if we had that them. in 1942 yeah we wouldn't have needed that touring guy yeah Forgot, fuck him you know <laughs> useless um, yeah so uh, yeah, so this one on this particular one that I just showed you what it translates to is no more bluebird this year welcome to darker times remember to find what the finders hide Whoa, that's what that was a comment on one of those Elsa yeah. videos. Remember to find what the finders hide when you decrypt it. Wow. Yeah. Now that's interesting. Yeah, and then there's other ones that like this one says, All programmers follow the white rabbit to Bluebird. So yeah, I mean what what are, what what does Bluebird mean? Okay. Well, Bluebird is actually Project Bluebird, which became Project Artichoke, which is part of MK Ultra. Oh, which okay. if you probably know yeah, what that yeah, is, yeah, but it's interrogation techniques with yeah. hypnosis and LSD and all sorts of shit like that. Um, and this, there are some people that believe that this is connected. Okay. Um, because one of the obvious, one of the most famous memos from uh, MK Ultra asked, can we get control of an individual to the point where he will do our bidding against his will and even against fundamental laws of nature, such as self-preservation? Hmm. So like I was saying last week that, that some people think that um, it instills learned helplessness in children. So you're saying the Elsagate videos, the yeah. idea behind them or the, the impetus mm -hmm. behind them is to uh, instill this sense of learned helplessness in kids. But who, mm -hmm. is, who are the purveyors of this? Possibly the finders. Possibly the finders, yeah. And it's not the, like, the, the, there's a thing called Project Monarch, which we might actually have to do another episode on. Um, but the people who are like, and this is there's this woman Kathy O'Brien who's like, I was raped by George W. Bush in the form of a lizard, and Dick Cheney, you know, <laughs> came on my face or whatever. It's um, a pretty hot scene, actually. I, I yeah, but uh, the book about Project Monarch, um, this guy writes some of the first programming themes, including The Wizard of Oz and Alice in Wonderland, both heavily saturated with occult symbolism. Many of the recent Disney movies and cartoons are used in a twofold manner, desensitizing the majority of the populations, subliminals and neuro-linguistic programming, deliberately constructing specific triggers and keys. Okay, but okay. what does this have to do with the finders? Wait. All right. Motherfucker. I'm in bated breath here. Yeah, because a lot of these other comments, if you decrypt them, um, they, lead to, they lead to links to other videos. And then these videos have images in them, which if you decrypt them, spell out letters, which end up being YouTube uh, links. Okay. So check this, this, this video while well, you can't see it. It's got to say one thing, people, yeah. meth, not even once. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so where's my stupid video thing here? Here we go. 
So, uh, sorry. So here's one of these videos. It's really bizarre. Green, your trigger is Kanda eggs. Oh, this is the one we were watching last week. Yeah, it's it's basically just weird colors and images. Your trigger is Mickey Mouse. And is this from like an MK Ultra type of experiment, or is that what it's alluding to? We don't know. We don't know what it is. We have no idea. So who posted it? Um, random weird accounts on YouTube, and they're all over the place, and they like lead to each other. And it's it's like a, through coded links. Yeah, through coded links. links. Yeah, wow. and a lot of them are like that. It's like your trigger is Power Rangers. Your trigger is this, is that, and they have these really bizarre images and strange. And they're supposed to, you know, I don't know. But if I any wonder of this if like real. that word actually triggers someone. I don't know. I I think that's. I think you know? those particular videos are actually part of an ARG, oh, alternate reality yeah. game. If if I had to guess. But I don't know. I've watched a lot of them, so who knows? I could be the fuck goddamn man. Yeah, about to candidate say. now, <laughs> or you know? uh, or the yeah. Winter Soldier. Or right? Something. Yeah. <laughs> God, I hope I don't randomly come across this word. Yeah, yeah. So you know, but a lot of them allude to the Finders. Okay, and who finds the Finders? Well, that's the thing. I mean, they're like this secretive strange commune right from the 80s yeah it was the time of you've heard of the franklin credit union cover-up right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. From- and mcmartin preschool case and so there's a lot of you know pedophilia ring paranoia like sex trafficking satanic panic and satanic stuff. panic yeah. it's like probably yeah. mid 80s 86 87 yeah. so in february 1987 police arrested two men traveling with six children in tallahassee florida authorities discovered the group living out of a van in a park the men were well-dressed, but the children appeared dirty, unkempt, and disoriented. The men told the cops they were taking the kids to a school in Mexico. It turned out they were members, along with the children's mothers, of the then-Washington, D.C.-based Finders. The men were charged with child abuse, and children were taken into state custody. Were these kids abducted, or did they know? Um, they didn't know at the time. Hmm. Um, th- supposedly, the mothers were part of the Finders, but the mothers were not present. So the finders were men and women. They were men and women. This. Yeah. And the where men were they based? Were wearing suits. They always wore suits. Oh, they were, they were like always black well suits? dressed. Yeah. Wow. Like the men the in men black. Men in black. Yeah. yeah. So they were based in mostly in DC. Okay. Um, they so had a lot East of property. Coast? They opened. They owned like two buildings in DC. They had a bunch of land in like rural Virginia, in Florida, all mm. over the goddamn place, in Mexico. So at its uh, apex, like how yeah. many members do you think? Um. Or do people not know? Not that many. They don't know, but I, I, from what I can tell, about four dozen, maybe. Not that many. Oh, okay. Yeah. But the after that arrest, their warehouse in D.C. was raided. Police found a series of snapshots depicting berobed adults and children slaughtering goats in the woods. Another showed a gritting adult presenting a goat's head to a startled child. Allegations of child abuse, child sexual abuse, and trafficking child pornography production and satanic cult practices were reported by major news outlets and supposedly detailed in a U.S. Customs report. See, now you can kind of see where the whole satanic panic originated from. Yeah. And a lot of people think that the finders are, there's a connection to the CIA, which which fits in with the whole Project Bluebird thing. Well, we were talking about the uh, director of the finders uh, earlier, Marion Petty. 
I heard that his wife actually had a link to the CIA. Yeah, yeah, I, I've heard that. Did she work for them, or what? Or was uh, it just like something they said? Uh, I forget what the wife's connection was. He worked for he 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 did um, uh, intelligence. He was in army intelligence in the in World War after World War Two, um, and he also worked for Air America, which is I guess is connected to the CIA. And so this guy founded the Finders. Yeah, because within a few weeks after that arrest, the child abuse charges were dropped. The children were returned to their mothers, and the finders returned to their mysterious activities. Supposedly, the police backed off due to intervention of the FBI, specifically Agent Athena Varunas, ultimately concluding that the finders' activities were, quote, eccentric but not illegal. Athena Varunas is the inspiration for Clarice Starling. Oh, of Silence of the wow. Lambs, the real-life FBI, FBI agent. FBI agent. Yeah. So people think that they had a connection to the... To the uh, the CIA and the CIA shut the investigation down. At their peak in the 80s, the Finders boasted nearly three dozen people in their experimental community. They ran a computer training center and traveled the globe as freelance consultants. They pooled their finances and shared property. Well, see, that's the thing with these guys. I read that they were operating like below the public radar since the 40s. Yeah. Like, they've been around for a while. It's just the 80s that people kind of noticed them. Yeah, and they really kind of took off mostly in the 60s. And But they, I mean, these were smart guys. Because mm-hmm. I mean, who was using computers like in the mid 80s? And that's what these guys of, were a doing. A lot of people. A lot of people were, but I mean, these, I mean a lot mm-hmm. of people weren't programming then. Supposedly, I mean, and they did some work for the, I mean, granted, DC is kind of a small, incestuous city. So if you have a cult of 30 people, you're bound to get some government people involved. Well, yeah, and I'm sure and they all, might have done like contracting work for the government. They did, and they had a you know they had a computer training school apparently. So if you wanted to like fuck a disheveled eight year old or learn Lotus Notes, you know <laughs> that you could go you could go there and get that done. So you know did I mean? people regard them as like a cult? Because I keep hearing like the yeah. Finders was a commune, but was it a cult? <laughs> What's the difference between cult and commune anyway? I he mean, prefers Petty, Marion Petty prefers to call himself a cultural leader, not a cult leader. Um, in Semantics. The, supposedly in the 40s, he rented two apartments and opened them up for anybody that wanted to come in. And the idea in my head was that they were going to teach me something about power, money, or sex, is what hmm. he said. Um, well, who are, who are these people that joined... The finders. Mostly what would come to be known as baby boomers. Yeah, I read like middle-aged yeah. professionals. Yeah. And because the guy, Marion Petty, he was very charismatic. He was a southern gentleman of means, you hmm. see. And he's kind of like if Mark Twain met Andy Warhol, met the Riddler, met Robin Williams' character from Dead Poets Society. That's oh, him. wow. Yeah. Okay. Very charismatic yeah. individual. Did he have like a mustache like Twain? Yeah, he did. He had oh. a kind of a Mark Twain kind of thing. Or See, I would suits. be following him based on that. I would be too. Yeah. I wouldn't even care what he had to say. It's like, so, that's a hell of a mustache. I read a book uh, called The Game Caller, okay, um, uh, about him by one, a former member of the Finders. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and this is, this is how he describes Marion Petty at the end of the book, because Marion Petty died in 2003, and this guy wrote the book two years after that. He perfected the techniques of the art of living on martial arts mats, poker tables, and in salons of the rich and famous and bedrooms of the beautiful. He sat silent behind the steering wheels of the powerful. He was a master of ninjutsu and impossible to spot in a crowd. <laughs> 
He remained constantly in a meditative state and was a master of yogic breathing techniques. He could talk on any subject, but sometimes sought solitude and silence in remote countries. Well, I've never heard Jim Jones being described like that. Yeah, he Or is David Koresh. Or the, Manson, even. Like this guy. The most interesting man in the world. Yeah, exactly. Well, didn't they call him the game caller? Stay thirsty. Uh, yes, they did. Um, finders held beliefs about natural living. Okay. And on his uh, properties, uh, they organized camps of free children who were weaned off their parents and kept illiterate, living in tents outdoors with almost no supervision. Because he believed that... Um, we just This is like nature over nurture. Like they're just letting kids roam free. Like free-range children. Free-range children, yeah. Wow. Um, the group was centered around petty calling games where he would direct his followers to go do any number of nonsensical things in search of their inner child. He referred to himself as the game caller. So these were just random projects he would have them do. Yeah, because he believed that in tribal times that the shaman would be like the game caller and that life is a game and life is full of little games. You know, it's, it's, it's convenient that mm. he would have this approach because like when people freaked out about like the kids with the goat mm. heads and like mm. all the satanic kind of imagery, couldn't he just say, oh, this is just a game. We're just taking photos. They did. They did do and that. And that's kind of how he played it off. Yeah, they played that as a game. Like they wore masks and did weird press conferences. That's one of his stuff. games. Yeah. Which makes like, me think. Here's, let me tell you a game directly from the book that he gives them right at the beginning. Okay, I'm calling a game for each one of you to go on a trip. Pick whatever place you want. Stay gone for at least a month. Get out of D.C. Pick some spot where you are on your own. On day one, imagine you are one year old. On day two, two years old and so forth until you get up to the age you are now. At the end of the time, have a celebration and come on back. Make some money while you're gone. Hmm. Wow. So that's an interesting yeah. little game right there, right? The guy who wrote the book was actually um, Toby Terrell. He was an accountant turned venture capitalist who was dissatisfied with his wealth and his family. So he left his wife and two teenage daughters to join them in 1971. And he stayed in the cult until the early 90s. Why did he leave? The cult? Yeah. Um, did he leave on like good terms or did I, he actually get like kicked out? Well, he left on good terms, but later mo a lot of people in the cult in the late 90s started suing Petty because they had all pooled all their resources together. Um, so they had like collective money and property. I love how they just left their family and just yeah. took this money and put it in a cult with a bunch of nerds that like to hang out, play computer games, dress as witches and warlocks. Well, because this is basically, this is like baby boomers excess. You yeah, know, it's like, this was like the time in America where if you were a white guy who's not a felon or a rotundo, like you just were guaranteed a house. You were guaranteed like <laughs> property. And if you had a college degree, you were basically God. If you were a white man with a college degree. So these people just had like, they, they, they would just give away property to people. Like you're talking a bachelor's degree, not yeah, a master's. A bachelor's yeah, fucking yeah. degree. In the 70s, like you would just... You know, they had so much fucking property, it's insane. They would just give it away to people. Like, at one point in the book, like, Patch Adams comes to see him, and he's like, I want to open a hospital. And he's like, okay, here's the mineral rights to a town in Virginia. Wait, Petty gave it to yeah, him? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Because they just had so much shit. This is why you and I have nothing, okay? <laughs> this is literally why you and I have nothing. Because uh, baby boomers wanted to find their... squandered it all. They wanted to find yeah. their inner child, you know? Well, I think what happened is some of the baby boomers, though, just like 
took advantage of the other ones and kept it all. Yeah. And that's why we have nothing. Yes, I think that's we probably... we have to buy it from them. That's probably, yeah. So it's interesting how there's like communes during that time, like the 60s and 70s, you had like, you know, like Timothy Leary mm. and uh, the Merry Pranksters, Ken Kesey and all of them. But yet the Finders was going on at the same time, but they weren't experimenting with like LSD or drugs. They but would, yet it sounds like they're still doing pranks. Yeah, they were very Merry Pranksters-esque. Yeah. That's why, because, you know, if any other group in the world was trafficking children, okay, they wouldn't be putting fucking clues in YouTube videos because this isn't goddamn Batman, right? This isn't a fucking comic book. But if anyone were to do that, it would be the finders because that's kind of their jam. But I mean, were they doing this for like a publicity stunt just to make a hoax to cause controversy? Like, or do you really think like doing this with the, with the kids and showing up in in their suits and like, I think they were just, I think they were just trying to do their thing. So, but I mean, do you really think there could have been any kind of pedophilia going on or a kind of pedophile or any kind of nefarious activity? I tend to be, and I've said this on the show before, I tend to be very skeptical of organized pedophilia. I, tend, I, I think that there's far fewer pedophiles than the media tends to let us believe. I feel like they're generally lonely creatures um, the most organized they get is maybe on dark web forums to trade images. I don't think they, they have like fucking crazy systems. Also, like I don't, you know, like get over yourself. Your kids aren't that attractive, you know, <laughs> like um, like our, uh, it's America. Our children are all fat and stupid. That's the thing. Know? I can't imagine pedophiles as having like a club. I mean, I guess there's Nambla. But I mean, right. how many guys are really in Nambla? Yeah. You know? And like, also they were like, oh, they're trying to traffic these kids to Mexico. Like, why would you just go to Mexico and you can get a kid for like a song probably. Or go to know? Thailand yeah. or Vietnam or something. Why do you need to, like, I don't you know, see why they're doing this. I don't get it. So I don't, I don't think, I think, I, I, I honestly think this is part of an ARG because a lot of people think that they were pedophiles and that the CIA covered it up. But uh, there's a guy, Wendell Minnick, who's an espionage expert, who said that uh, the finders would love you to think they're a CIA front, but I would say they're really nothing. You're going to hear a lot of bullshit on the finders because they lie. These are dysfunctional adults, but they're all working their asses off. They're constantly working on some project. If you have a cult, the best way to control people is to keep them busy, to keep their minds occupied. If you have people standing around doing nothing, then they start thinking. What? I mean, it sounds to me mm. that it's kind of like a a self created conspiracy that they did just for their own amusement. I don't like think they're, they're even just around. having fun. I don't even think they're around anymore, dude. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was getting like, at. Like, I think our, he died in two thousand three. He pretty much was the whole thing, and I think it went away after he died. But but I mean, it sounds like it's like a group of of like bored businessmen, yeah. rich guys that have yeah. a lot of money. They're yes. middle aged. Yeah, you know, they're kind of tired with their pedestrian lifestyle mm. so it's like they're hanging out with like some other dudes but instead of doing like the rotary club or the shriners mm. they're like let's just pull stunts and play games and kind of have fun with it cause some controversy yes which i mean i makes sense to me i guess yeah but i mean what what did they fat like what did what did petty think he was like some kind of spy like this is his own spy group like a cloak and dagger kind of thing yeah, he kind of supposedly based a lot of his games on spycraft that he learned uh, from U.S. Army intelligence because he used to work for the OSS but so in the 40s and the 50s. You can't say that they ever like 
didn't committed any crimes. I mean, were they charged with any crimes? They weren't. Like, was it? They weren't charged. Uh, like I said before, all those charges were dropped. The child abuse charges. Um, though supposedly in 1993, intelligence agencies were embarrassed by a Justice Department investigation into whether the CIA had improperly used the FBI to cover up its connection to a computer training cult called the Finders. Hmm. So there was a Justice Department thing that implied that maybe the it was um, the investigation, police investigation, was shut down by intelligence agencies. Hmm. Yeah. So I guess so. So then I guess what was the demise of it? Uh, uh, Petty died in like early aughts. Yeah. But the group wasn't even active then, was it? No, they they were there were some of them left when he was still around in Culpeper, Virginia still playing games on people in the town and doing weird shit. So what um, they do? Just go start 4chan? But what, <laughs> what, <laughs> very possibly. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I mean, honestly. Um, I don't know if you could still learn Lotus Notes or anything, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's just, to me, it just seems like self-indulgent fucking baby boomer, uh, you know, new age bullshit. That's kind of what I think. It's like yeah. a group of guys that are kind of bored and mm-hmm. they're just banding together, LARPing as like rogue government agents, but they're just kind of having fun sometimes at the public's expense. I mean, yeah. with some of their, their pranks and things like that. However, uh, after he died, mm-hmm. you know, and people said that the group disbanded, no one ever heard from. It seems like they're popping up in Elsengate videos. People also said they had something to do with Pizzagate. Yeah, because... Uh, What's now, the connection there? Well, now with Pizzagate, I, I think, honestly, the connection there is that Pizzagate happened in D.C. and um, The Finders was based in D.C. and is connected to intelligence agencies. So a lot of the people that believe, now that believe in Pizzagate, also believe that, like, the CIA and the FBI are evil. Um, okay, so it's the same kind you of know, thing. You know, and they believe in the Franklin, you know credit union cover-up with black larry king and the you know clones and whatever the fuck nonsense so so if you go on the internet and try to find are there groups that like i'm surprised there aren't like neo finders groups or other groups that are like we're gonna start this faction up again it sounds pretty fun i mean i read the book and it pissed me off because you know because i have nothing and (laughs) uh it's just like it's like a time when god damn you can just Anyway. Yeah, why not to start like Finders 2? It, it looks pretty fun. Something. Yeah, it looks kind of fun. Just a group of people pulling pranks on the internet. Yeah, because I have, I have gone to weird things where they're like, oh, you got to, your inner child, you got to find it. And then you have to, you know. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if there is a Finders 2 somewhere around. You know, maybe they're the ones behind it. That's why like this whole Elsagate thing sounds like mm. one of their games. Because doesn't they that game, the game I described, doesn't that sound kind of fun? They yeah. live live your life in a month or whatever. Yeah, and, and then, day one you're you're one years old, and day two you're two years old, yeah. and you're kind of like homeless. And then like he goes across the country, and then he gets a job as an accountant for two weeks, and then he's like, you know, it's yeah, weird. and like live a whole lifetime in one month. Yeah, yeah, no, it's I pretty mean, fun. It's, it's like these existential type of games. Yeah, it just at the end when they all left, because apparently one thing he says at the end of the book, which is pretty interesting, is he said. Um, the emphasis, and this is what he, he liked it, but he left. He said, the emphasis, and this is in the early 90s, the emphasis shifted from raising free children to building networks across national borders in Russia and Japan. 
Well, so that brings up an interesting point because we're saying mm. that the finders don't exist anymore. Mm. But do they? I don't think so. I mean, <clears throat> I mean yeah. if they're building networks in other countries. Well, that, in possibly. the 90s. In the 90s. Oh, okay. In the 90s. That's what they were doing. That's what they were doing. Possibly, but. They were doing. but if they're building networks in other countries, Russia, you know, I think a lot of Elsagate stuff is in Russia. Hacking the DNC. Right. Russia. Russia. Possible finders connection. Yeah. God. The truth is out there, people. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I would like to see. I mean, it's interesting that somebody's taking the time to write these, you know, cryptic messages in comment section on these random weird videos. The fact that there's so much like decryption and weird shit to figure out in these things, because I was actually doing, I was like pausing the videos, and I'm like, oh my god, that's a letter. I'm writing down this letter, and like figuring out YouTube URLs, and I was get, and I'm like, this has got to be a stupid alternate reality game. But you know what? It doesn't matter because it, nothing is true anymore. Everything is whatever. It doesn't um, matter. It doesn't matter what's true. We exist if, in a state if, of if fake news. If you feel it, it's true. <laughs> so is it an alternate reality game? Are the finders still around? I don't know. Who finds the finders? That's the question. Who watches the Watchmen? Right? People, this is episode 645 here is Sticking Wrong. We have news stories coming up next, and uh, we have phone calls a little later in the show. Uh, but first, here's a word about our Patreon page. Do you need more sick and wrong in your life? Do you need one more news story to make you feel normal? Are three phone calls barely enough to feed the raging beast of desire? Well, then it's time for you to get the help you need and become a Sick and Wrong patron. Sign up at patreon.com slash sickandwrong and you'll have access to exclusive Patreon-only content such as news stories, extra phone calls, and much, much more. Become a patron today and help us make a better Sick and Wrong for tomorrow. That's patreon.com slash sickandwrong. So the first story we have here comes in from uh, John. He says, D, did you ever do Scalicium in South Africa? Uh, Scalicium is some kind of drug that we find out about. Actually, it's, it kind of plays a integral role in this story. I've never even heard of it. It's a natural drug. Have you ever heard of it? I have not. I don't and even I'm know if I'm saying I'm it right. I'm pretty surprised. I don't, I don't even think it. I'm pronouncing it right. S-C-E-L-E-T-I-U-M, Scalicium. Scalicium. Apparently, this guy was on it when he murdered his uh, girlfriend. Uh, Diego Novella found guilty of uh, Camps Bay Hotel murder. Uh, this guy's a Guatemalan man, rich trust funder. I always, I always kind of am amused when you find these rich trust funders that just fucking snap and go in, on some murder spree. Yeah. Or just commit some violent murder. Like that guy with uh, the comic book writer who who like literally like drained his girlfriend of blood. Yeah, that I had to share a table yeah, with. Yeah, you shared yeah. a table with. That guy was another trust funder, yeah. rich guy. You got sentenced recently. Yeah, so same with, same with Diego Novella. He's actually getting sentenced next month. By the way, I have a picture of this guy. You can't see it, but it's the most awesome, hilarious thing in the world. Because <laughs> he's got like neon light rave hair and like... Um, you know, Ash Wednesday ashes on his fucking <laughs> forehead and he looks completely insane. How old is this guy? He's probably like, what, like 40 something? Something looks, like that. Yeah, looks about it. Yeah. Yeah. So he's a Guatemalan man. He's accused of murdering his uh, U.S. girlfriend, Gabriela Cabrines Albon, in a Camp Spay hotel room mm. in uh, Cape Town, South yeah. Africa. Okay. Um, Where's uh, he from, this guy? He's from Guatemala. Oh, okay. 
But he's like a wealthy trust funder guy. Right. He murdered her three years ago, but the, the trial is happening right now. Hmm. Delivering his judgment, Judge Vincent Saldana said, in my view, the accused version is wholly contrived. There is nothing in his conduct that states that his mind had been hijacked. So that's what the defense was saying, that he was so high on drugs that he, you know, his temporary insanity, because he's out of his mind when he committed this grisly murder. Hmm. Which is a hard thing to prove. And I've often wondered about that. If you're so high on drugs and you commit some atrocious murder, you still commit the murder. Yeah. You know, I, I, is that really like, does that mitigate the crime? No, I've never heard of it actually mitigating the crime. Because I, mean, I, I think if you can normally tell right from wrong, they don't, they, you're never allowed to use that as an excuse. Like as yeah, an insanity I mean, I, defense or Yeah, anything. that's yeah. the thing. It's like if you have schizophrenia and mm. it's like been diagnosed, mm. yeah, and you like stab someone on like the BART train. <laughs> yeah. It's just happened in Oakland. That I believe. But if you're like, you know, tripping on mushrooms and you go mm. out of your mind, strangle someone, you know, you still kind of know the difference between right and wrong, you know? One thing you do, you do kind of learn, I may have said this before, but like doing weird drugs like meth and bath salts is that you could kind of look into a man's eyes and be like, is this guy just going to stab me like once or is he going to stab me like 30 times in 90 seconds? Well, you know, part of the thing with that, you al <laughs> that altered reality though, yeah. do you know if you're stabbing them, do you know that that's going to kill them? Or do you think it's like, Oh no, they're fine because it's like some being from another planet. I think some people just have a natural instinct to just air hole motherfuckers when they're stabbing them. Just you know? like, just, just like, like prison <laughs> style, like shaking. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. But that's what I'm saying. Like when you're doing it though, mm. do you think you're killing some like evil creature from like oh. another planet? Yeah. And if that is the mm. case, then could that be like some kind of psychosis that mm. caused it? But whatever. Mm. I guess you're still taking the drugs. Uh, the judge said, in my view, he knew exactly what he was doing at the time. And it was clear indication as part of the intent to murder the deceased. Hmm. Um, he had pled not guilty, novella, but not guilty to the murder of uh, Cabrin Zalban. He said a concoction of natural substances that he had taken while on a soul journey <laughs> and detoxification process in South yeah. Africa caused him to behave in an abnormal manner. You've done these soul journeys, haven't you? Yes, I have. Did you at ever, at any time, feel out of control of your body when you're on this? Like, cause you, what did you do, ayahuasca? Yeah, and uh, boga. Oh yeah, boga. I was definitely um, out of control there, but it was like, I could barely move. But it's a contained environment, right? Yeah, Weren't you yeah. with a shaman or something? Yeah, was, yeah. But I mean, would you ever do like ayahuasca or boga with a girlfriend? Yeah, I'd think about it. Not a boga, but ayahuasca, yeah. But that's, that's the thing. I don't, I feel like I could, I've done a lot of hallucinogenic drugs. I've, I've tripped with girls many times. I've tripped with dudes many times. I've never once wanted to murder any of the people I'm tripping with. No. So that's why I'm saying like this guy does a cocktail of a bunch of different hallucinogenics. And the first thing he does is murder someone. Yeah. Because you know, I, I, I'm right now I'm trying to figure out a proper microdose for psilocybin. Oh you yeah. Know? You said that's it. That's yeah. your new depression treatment. That's right? my new depression treatment. It, it works, you know, um, but unfortunately, sometimes I'm literally just tripping now. Uh, and I, like I, if I see somebody and they're scary to me, I go away. 
I don't, I don't ju- yeah, I don't jump on their fucking torso and stab them like I'm fucking Gollum. I just, I leave because I'm scared. I get scared of cars, so I'm like, oh, they're loud. I don't like it. I go away. I don't fucking attack Kurt them. Kurt Russell movies. Ah, yeah, yeah. Just run away. Um, before midnight on the day of her death, Novella drank alcohol, smoked cannabis, injected cannabis oil. Who does that? Wow. Injected you, cannabis oil. If if I actually could do <laughs> marijuana or cannabis in any way, I would totally inject it. I, I, any excuse to inject <laughs> things, inject I would drug. just do it. I, I would, don't yeah. get that. I you know I've done a, a wide array of drugs. Yeah. I've never injected a single drug into my veins. I don't understand the appeal oh, of it. Oh, it's great. Once, you, I, when, once I, you do it, it's like getting tattooed. You know, it's like once you do it, you want to keep doing it. Maybe that's why I yeah. haven't done it, but. What, it's not what a good possibly, idea. I don't recommend but doing what, it. But what possibly could enhance the, the effect of marijuana? Like, do you really think shooting it into your veins is going to do anything more than smoking it? Well, it depends on... It's cannabis. It depends on what the substance is. Because certain substances, the bio, they call it bioavailability, is far higher in your bloodstream than it is, you know, eating it or smoking it or snorting it. It depends mm. on the substance, though. I guess it depends on the oil too. I mean, maybe yeah. it's straight THC. Because certain opiates you can't shoot, you know. Um, like oxy. Well, you can shoot oxy, I guess. Uh, yeah, you can. Yeah. But certain ones you can't. Like it, it, you know, it's not good for your bloodstream. Or it actually, it's more effective to eat it than it is to shoot it. What if you uh, cooked up psilocybin tea and shot that? I would think that would probably be a bad idea. <laughs> because the weird, you know, if you're eating fungus with molds on it and weird shit you know your stomach will take care of whatever nonsense if you put directly Directly in your your, bloodstream yeah you might end up as some kind of weird fungus zombie like yeah you know like in that in that video game that's how uh, i think that's how swamp thing came to me i think so yeah (laughs) uh so anyway this guy mainlines a bunch of cannabis oil (laughs) and then he took scalicium this like natural weird south african herb I don't know what it this is off the internet. After yeah, the Harrison's show. already researching this yeah. on uh, what are you on, like uh, Silk Road or something? Yeah. Um, because of this, he thought he was being attacked by a demonic entity named Judd Nelson. Then he bludgeoned. No, I'm joking. But <laughs> <laughs> that'd the be great. Fuck? <laughs> he thought he was being attacked by a demonic entity. Not- if I was doing that, I would have gone with Judge Reinhold. <laughs> Judge that's Reinhold would have been great. Yeah, that's the yeah, difference yeah. between you and me, man. But still, I think it'd be kind of funny to get attacked by a demon named Judd Nelson. <laughs> that would be. Like, what does that guy do now? Yeah. Um, he, doesn't, he doesn't have sleeves, that's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah. He's in the breakfast club mm-hmm. screaming about his dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was attacked by a demonic entity, no name there, and then he, when he bludgeoned her, her head and neck slapped and strangled her. Hmm. He said in the morning before her death, he thought she looked like a character in The Exorcist with like a gray aura about her. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he'd been planning this all day. What character? Like that weird face that appears when he goes into the subway? Remember that face? Oh, yeah. It's like, ah, the, the weird thing. Yeah, no, like who else? Hmm. Like uh, one of the nuns? Right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like there weren't that many characters in that. Uh, Um, But Saldana, the judge, said the way he remembered wrestling the demonic entity to the ground and his use of the words like a demonic entity showed that he knew what was happening. I mean, he was mentally coherent. He should have went like, yeah, Judge Reinhold grabbed me Mm. and held me down. Right. And like, you know, just like screaming nonsense. 
That would have worked. He knew what was happening because... I think he was saying just his uh, verbiage, the way he was like describing the event. Yeah. Actually sounded like he was coherent. I see. You know, instead of just being like some schizophrenic guy like ranting about like different planets and demons and things like that. Ah. Um, So I thought I asked anybody who did not want to hear the details of the death to leave the court. So her parents and her step-parents both step, uh, left, left the room, but they returned later. I don't know if I'd have wanted to hear this, if it was a loved one. No. Listen to what this guy did. Okay. So this guy's on a lot of drugs. I mean, maybe this is why you shouldn't mainline cannabis. Also, you shouldn't mix weird things. No, it's try never to a good not idea. Do that. Yeah, try to avoid idea. doing it. I, I think, you know what, I think two things might work. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, candy flipping. You know, that's kind of fun. Sure. Speed balls. Yeah. Kind of a good time. But when you start throwing three or four or five things, especially weird things in the yeah. mix, that's when you do stuff like this. He defecated on Cabrina Alban's face. He then stuffed food and chocolate in her mouth. He lay, like through Lay's crisp uh, potato chips all over her face and body. Mm. And then he carefully positioned Rascal's sweets around the perimeter of her body. Okay. And he put a hair iron between her legs to resemble a penis. Oh. So I don't know what he was making there. Okay. Golem? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Golem with a bunch of candy? Yeah, I don't know. That's what you do when you mix a lot of drugs and shoot hair or shoot cannabis. Hmm. Um, there was blood and feces all over the bathroom floor where her bludgeoned body was found. Um, you know, if you ask me, the true victim here is the hotel maid. Yeah. Because you imagine having to clean that. I'd quit. Yeah. I wouldn't even, I would just walk in there and be like, I'm done. (laughs) My work's done. I quit. Go work over at the Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, He put a t-shirt on her with the word Ubuntu on her body. Um, Neatly folded as well as a note containing the Spanish word for shit. (laughs) Mert isn't Mert or something, right? No, this is saying it's cerote. I've heard it's mierda. I'm sorry. Mierda, right? Mierda Mierda. is uh, Spanish. I don't know what cerote means, but... But yeah, like, Ubuntu? Isn't that like Linux? It's a Linux operating Operating system. system. Yeah. Nerd alert! I wonder how many IT guys have dreamed of doing this to, like, Mandy in Accounts Payable. (laughs) Every time she asks, like, I'm having a trouble with my Office 365. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to kill you, shit on your face, put a bunch of potato chips on your head, and then write Ubuntu on your T-shirt. Yeah. You know? It's a wet dream for IT guys. I think the finders taught that. Cool. <laughs> the judge said Novella yeah. was a uh, regular cannabis user had built up a tolerance um, and never had a reaction like this before. Uh, the low-grade cannabis he bought and the high-grade cannabis he sourced from contacts was not tainted. Um, and the sclecium that he used was a natural substance that they treat colicky babies. Oh. So babies with colic. So, what is colic? I always forget. Something. No, isn't it some kind of like fever? Like, uh, you're like thrush or something? I'm not sure. Yeah. Something. Um, after he murdered her, he changed his clothes, poured a bottle of cologne over himself to conceal the smell of shit. Didn't take a shower. Okay. He just like totally did a, uh, what is that called? A Cuban shower? <laughs> he remembers wading into the sea, a supposed David Bowie sighting, and he ordered drinks for himself at a bar as long as offering other, as well as offering other drinks to patrons. Oh. What were they waiting together in the ocean? David Bowie and the crazy murder. You know, the more I read about this, other than the murder part and the shit and the feces, Scalicium sounds kind of appealing. 
Yeah. Like, I'd love to be, like, swimming in the ocean being like, hey, David Bowie, here, hop on my pool noodle, and let's just hang out. Was David Bowie some kind of aquatic creature? Uh, where did he oh, see you say like a merman or something? Yeah, a merman. <laughs> Is that know. what happened? No, I, I mean, the, he just says he thought he saw him, which, oh. I mean, this happened in 2015. Hmm. Bowie was still alive then. Yeah. I highly doubt it he was swimming been, yeah. in uh, the ocean in Cape Town with this guy, but you never know. Was the ever-circling skeletal family there? <laughs> I don't think so, okay. but possibly. All right. Um, the judge felt that this showed he had an organized mind, not one hijacked by substances, as he's claiming. Hmm. So uh, he had actually convi- originally convinced uh, the, 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 the victim here to come to South Africa for treating her Lyme disease. I don't, I don't, can't you go to a doctor for that? Or is that like one of those like psychosomatic things? Um... Yeah. Uh, wait. No. Chronic Lyme disease is psychosomatic. Lyme okay. disease is a real thing. Yeah, they're from ticks. Right? Chronic Lyme disease is that thing where you're addicted to pain pills and you don't realize it, and you think you have a thing. So I think that's like what Lady Gaga has. You know, where she's like, I don't know, I have this chronic thing, but it's actually you're just addicted to fucking pain pills, and you and you can't accept that. Maybe you should check out this clinic. He said he went mm-hmm. there. He had a positive experience at a detox center in yeah. Machilisburg. And then I rounded it all off with a dose of a psychoactive drug that uh, left him feeling good. What did they give him at the clinic? They don't say. It's oh. a psychoactive drug. Uh, the court heard that Novella, who hails from a wealthy family and doesn't need to work, has a degree in business administration and had to abandon a music course in Los Angeles to go for a drug rehab. Hmm. He showed signs of stress towards the end of the judgment and kept pit- Pinching the bridge of his nose. Oh. Yeah, I guess he was freaking out. Hmm. Anyway, he's probably going to go to jail for a long time. South African jail. South African prison. Not fun. In the future here. Uh, I guess uh, August 7th, he will be sentenced. All right. We'll see. Hmm. What do you have here for the second story? Well, serial killer Egidius Schiffer accidentally electrocutes himself in a prison cell while performing autoerotic sex act. Uh, <laughs> What's the guy's name? Egidius Schiffer. Egidius Schiffer. Yeah. Gotta be foreign. That's a name. Uh, it's Germany. Welcome to Germany. Um, Deutschland, huh? Yep. Yeah, that's an unfortunate name. Like Adolf, you know, that doesn't sound that bad. Uh, yeah. Like I, Joseph right. doesn't sound that bad, you know. But it, yeah, I can't jo- even pronounce jo- this. Joey Goebbels. Yeah, uh, Ger- Joey Ag- Goebbels. Agidius. I don't know how you say it. Yeah, I don't even know. Agidius. And they're passing out names. You got a raw deal, this guy. Um, no relation to Claudia Schiffer, <laughs> I assume. Does he look like her? Um, no, I got a picture of him. Um... Where is my picture of this fucking weirdo? Yeah, here he is. Um, da, 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 da. You know, he just looks like a weird old German guy. Mm. Yeah, not, not nothing, nothing, nothing to write home about. A serial killer who murdered five women has electrocuted himself in his prison cell while performing an autoerotic sex act. Do they have the death penalty in uh, Germany? I would imagine no. So this is like, um, I imagine like the police officers there and like the judges were like, sweet, we scored. Right, yeah. <laughs> what a win for yeah. the justice system. A Gideon Schiffer is believed to have accidentally killed himself while masturbating with electric shocks at Bochum Prison in Germany. Wow, there's, there's, there's a lot of questions here about yeah. that. 
Yeah. The 62-year-old had removed a cable from his table lamp before winding it around his nipples and penis, a prison official said. <laughs> Wait, he took a, a cable at the yeah. cord? Yeah, like he cut the power cord and then took the, you know, the wires and like wrapped them around. Like the naked wires. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow, okay. And wrapped yeah. them around his nipples and his dick. Yeah, yeah. Do you think he's done this before? Um, what does it do? Well, you know, some, a lot a of people bit of are electro play, you know. Have you ever done that? Yes. What does it do? Is it just it gives like, you an electric shock. <laughs> Why would you do? Does it hurt? Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> I don't know. Some people like it. Like I bought it. Would thing you stick once. it like in your dick? Like your dick? No, hole? you can. Have you um, done that? No, I haven't done that. I, I don't do anything like that. There's no urethral play with me. All right. Um, would you just touch the tip of your I, dick? I, with I it like or something? kitten play, not urethral play. Okay. <laughs> That's what I, I don't know if you touch, I don't know what you're supposed to touch. I guess you touch your ball, you touch whatever. You, you don't necessarily have to touch a sexual organ with it. You can just like tie somebody up and shock them with like a thing or put it on their like nipples. a stun gun or, or something? Yeah, it's kind of like a little shock. Like I have a little device that I bought because I wanted to try it out. Um, and it's just, it's, yeah, it's how, like a little. How uh, strong is the charge? It's kind of like, well, you know when you like flip a light switch and it's like kind of exposed like the light switch and you get a little shock from that and you're like Bleh. and it's kind of like a little buzz or something yeah it's like that wow that's weird and it's that's not weird. I don't I don't, didn't find it the least bit sexual I found it very startling I didn't like it at all have you ever met any women that are really into yes it? and there's like a little charge on like the nipples or something yeah interesting yeah like so a- I imagine trying to do like this the MacGyver version here mm. just taking like a lamp cord and plug it in like putting it in an outlet yeah that's not gonna go. That's not gonna yeah, go. Yeah, if you well. buy the, the device from fucking adamandeve.com, uh, coupon code diddle, you know, it, you could control obviously the voltage yeah, that yeah. you're getting with it. Um, the best thing to use is that, um, what are they, the violet wand. That's the violet the, wand? Violet wand. Um, it looks like a crazy, like, Tesla device. It's purple. And it's, it's I guess it's like the, 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 what they use in porn. It's kind of the electro play thing that you should get. It's expensive, though. They should make. They should call it like the shocker or something. I guess so. Yeah. I want to know if any if any of our listeners are into this kind of electric. Play I'm curious there. as well. Yeah. Because I I just I don't know much about. Call the show. Let us know. Yeah. We want to know about this. Yeah. Um. So uh, he then apparently stuck the end of the cable in a power socket. Schiffer is serving life for murdering five hitchhikers between 1983 and 1990. Quick question. Go, go back mm-hmm. here. Do they allow most? Prisoner, like most like prisoners on death row to have like lamps in their cell. Well, this is Germany, yeah. Right? So there's not there's not death have, row like, flat screen TVs and if he's proven that, that he's not a you know threat, he's been, obviously he's been in prison for some time. If he's proven that he's not a threat, then they, they probably get privileges give him stuff, or something. Yeah, because yeah. I watch a lot of those jail shows on Netflix, you know, locked up and stuff, and a lot of people they got hot plates and shit. You know, yeah, but I mean, could they use it as a weapon? Yeah, against it, but they don't because yeah, if you're not like in like super maximum security and you've proven that you're not insane, I think they allow you to have TVs and shit in your cell. No, yeah, so, but obviously, it's like if you want to use it as a weapon, you got to like coax somebody in your goddamn cell so you could shock them with it. 
Well, these guys probably cages. don't have uh, yeah. roommates or something or cellmates. Yeah. They don't give you extension cards. <laughs> no give extension you, yeah, no extension over. cards. Nope, <laughs> they don't give you that. Uh, he's dubbed the Aachen Strangler, and he was still connected to a live current when his cell was unlocked that morning. Whoa! So yeah. I mean, how would they know that? Like when they went in there, did they? You could just see him like sitting yeah, there. Yeah, the body was still like body like convulsing, galvanic fucking. You know. <laughs> I wonder what you, you know. do. I mean, I guess you have to take a stick or something. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't conduct electricity. He removed a cable from his bedside table lamp, wandering. His, yeah, well, we already said that. Um, a post mortem examination found he died from heart failure um, after the electric current flowed through his chest. According to a police report. His death was likely the result of an accident rather than suicidal intent. He'd been in locked up in there in solitary confinement for eight years. I've been there for, so in solitary confinement you get a table lamp. Yeah. And like an electrical outlet. I'm surprised these guys don't just like kill themselves. I mean if you're in there for forever, I mean why not? I think most people want to live. And I guess. That's why most people like don't want to be executed. That's why on those TV shows, they're always like, if you, if you make a deal with us, you'll avoid the needle. And they're always like, okay. Yeah, but then what, do you spend the rest of your life in prison? Yeah. People don't want to die. I would rather die. I would rather die, I too. I would much rather but die. But I think when you're actually presented with that choice, it might be different. I think I'd still want to die. Do you, yeah. Could you imagine how horrible prison would be for me? Yeah, it'd be bad. A little guy, there's yeah. no Jew gangs. Like, no. I don't know what I would do. Yeah, yeah, you'd be fucked. <laughs> Literally. Um, uh, yeah so Shiver was jailed for life in 2008 18 years after his last murder after DNA evidence was used by police to convict him much wow. like our yeah chum, it's like Golden uh, State Killer yeah Golden State Killer uh, in five separate incidents between 1983 and 1990 a Gideon Schiffer picked up and murdered female victims who were looking for rides home from nightclubs Wow, this is not, this is pre Uber because now you can do yeah. it like you know it's it's you can be an Uber driver and it's totally fine to kill them that way. Yeah, this is pre Uber, pre Uber, post you know Bowie Iggy Pop Germany. Yeah, you know, so they I, they're they're not they didn't do it. I work with a girl that yeah. uh, is from Romania, okay. a pretty attractive girl from Romania, and she was telling me like when she was you know. In, high school in the 90s she's like oh yeah we'd all everyone hitchhiked i'm like what do you mean she's like we'd hitchhike to other countries oh yeah and i was like really you she's ne- like yeah that's how you got around you've never hitchhiked you know uh, uh, i guess i have in michigan but i okay. mean but i wouldn't if i was an attractive girl like in like 16 years old oh sure like a teenager would you just get in some random dude's car it's hard to put myself in the mindset yeah. of a 15 year old girl an attractive one, one these, teenage girl yeah, one of these girls was 15 um, after getting a target inside his car Schiffer would handcuff her tie her up to torment her before strangling her to death he also raped three victims and buried their bodies in the woods hmm I've actually been to Aachen I don't really? remember what the fuck I was doing where is it it's in West Germany like West Westphalia is the region it's, kind of near it's, Hamburg it's used to be I think it used to be like Charlemagne's city the city yeah. he like ruled Europe from I think I was going to I was going to Wevelsburg that's why I went through there which is the SS castle oh, the oh yeah, castle. yeah 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 see um, Heinrich that's a good uh, that's a good that's German a good name one. yeah, yeah. Gideus, not so much yeah. um, the, despite the high profile of the crimes the trail went cold until 2007 when police nabbed Schiffer stealing scrap metal 
They then used DNA technology to connect Schiffer to the murders, and he was sentenced to life in prison in 2008. Wow, so he's only been in there since 2008. Yeah. Huh. Uh, During his confession, which he later withdrew, Schiffer reportedly declared he was sadomasochistic and he thought being locked up in prison a (laughs) turn-on. Who's it? You remember that guy? What was his name? He was the... uh, He killed all those nurses. Bird? The one who broke into the house and... He broke into like a nurse dormitory and he killed like 10, 10 nurses and then later went to Speck. prison. Richard Speck. Speck. Richard yeah. Speck, not yeah. Bird. Richard mm. Speck. Mm. And then when he was in prison, he was having so much fun. He like grew like, uh, or he got like a uh, hormone treatment to grow breasts mm. and would just like hang out and do cocaine with yeah. like all the, and like you do drugs. He said prison was more fun than living on the outside. Yeah. So I wonder if it was the same thing for this guy. It might be. Although, I can't imagine. Well, he, he said this when he confessed. Oh, okay. So he probably so like, on... watched Oz or something and thought it would be fun. <laughs> you know. Um, at the time of the horrific killings, Schiffer was married to his second wife. They divorced in 1997. After their separation, he went on to marry his third wife. What? Who would? Jesus, could you imagine? Like these, Both these women are like, you think you know someone. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine he must have done some weird shit to them in bed. Probably, yeah. I mean, think about it. He's like sticking Or maybe like... he didn't, and that's why he was murdering people. Oh, and that's the way he got it out of mm-hmm. the system. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. You know, everyone needs a hobby. I guess so. That's for sure. He was an unemployment, unemployed insurance salesman. Oh, see, now that has murder all over yeah, it. Yeah, it does. Definitely. Anyway, people send your story. Stick around podcast at hotmail.com. We have phone calls coming up next. You can call the Stick Around Hotline. You can call the Stick Around Hotline at 323-522-4032. Before we get to our first call, though, here's a word from Adam and Eve. Spice to your sex life? Go to adamandeve.com. You'll get 50% off your purchase, free shipping, two adult DVDs, and a product so sensual, we can't even mention it on this podcast. No, no. Just type the coupon code DIDDLE upon checkout. We got a few phone calls to get to. 323-522-4032 is that number. Remember, people, you've got to keep it under three minutes. People have been sending in calls that have been like five minutes, six minutes long. It's like, yeah. we're not going to play that on the show. Mm. So we got to play three calls. Although uh, we might play them on Patreon. Yeah. Yeah, we got a really good one from the Epic Farter about this psycho girl mm. that the Epic Farter dated. Ooh. But it's like a five minute and 30 second call. So we're yeah. going to play that one on Patreon. Okay. All right, but today we, we did get some good ones. This first call is from a guy, I kind of felt like he abandoned you. He did abandon me. This is Harrison's life coach. He really did. Because he hasn't called in like a Months. year and a half. Or, yeah, probably a year and a half. long fucking time. Yeah. yeah. Like since then I've gotten stabbed. <laughs> I've gone to rehab. I've done all this shit. Where was he? You know? I was wondering about this. It's he like that scene in, uh, in uh, the original Battle Lieutenant 
where Harvey Keitel's in church and he's screaming at Jesus and he's like, <laughs> where the fuck were you? Where the fuck were you? You know, yeah. this guy probably hasn't called since my old apartment. It has, it's probably yeah. been about a year oh, and a half. definitely, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, here's Harrison's life coach. All right. D. Harrison. <laughs> it is Harrison's life coach. Harrison, I am so delighted that you have finally reached the American dream where you do not have to work for a living. You can just have side gigs, and otherwise you're on the dole. So you can uh, do what you need to do, live the dream. And Would you say you're living the dream right now? No, I'm definitely not living you, the dream. You're doing extra work. You're begging for extra work on movies yeah, for what, yeah. like $50? No, I How only. How much do they pay you? For I that? only do it if I'm making at least a hundred dollars. Did you wait? So you you just did a movie, right? Yeah. With Lenora. Yeah. What did you have to do? Walk by in the background a bunch of times. And just like a random guy walking yeah. on the sidewalk. Probably playing a guy with a job <laughs> in in a train station, <laughs> like. It was in a fake train station, and I just had to like walk by, like I had somewhere to be, you know, like I had a. And, and, and that's irony, people. Yes. Because <laughs> that's why you're there. Yeah. Um, but okay, so maybe you're I'm, living Yeah, the and dream I'm actually of- like running out of money also because I'm not on <laughs> the dole anymore and I'm running out of money. So I'm going to like figure stuff gotta out. Got to do something. Or I got to move back in with my mom. I don't know. You know, I'm not really sure. <laughs> or I could just be like homeless or be like one of these cult game people where I'm just like, now I'm living a game and I'm running around and I'm a drifter and it's the Incredible Hulk and there's sad piano music or whatever. Who knows? Yeah. You can always make J.O. videos. Yeah, that's true. Someone will buy them. Hmm. Speaking of uh, money, man, you guys who aren't on the Patreon, why aren't you? They give you so much extra stuff. But beyond that, I think D's going to set a stretch goal where if you get enough money, they will buy Harrison a full Sioux Indian chief headdress so he would never runs out of feathers. <laughs> would you wear that? Yeah, of course I would wear a fucking headdress. <laughs> Why would I not wear that? I, you know, I'd be, I'd just be happy to have it. Like some millennial girl I, at I honestly Coachella. Do, I honestly, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Be a fringe crop top to go with it, you know. <laughs> I was wondering where um, he was going with that. I thought, yeah, I don't know. I thought he was going to do some kind of village people motif. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> I'm not really sure. You know, just a quick little feather yeah. pun there. All right. uh, but he's got a good point. We are mm. releasing a lot of bonus content on that Patreon page. Mm-hmm. So if you're not on it, you're missing out. Uh, further, since I don't have to life coach Harrison anymore because he's he's done it. Well, maybe um, you still should. I, I feel bad for, for Boner Villain. Uh, so I'm going to make my services available to him because he sort of has... What the fuck? Like, I got it all figured out here. <laughs> you know? Are you jealous? <laughs> I'm microdosing fucking on you. <laughs> magic mushrooms to try to not kill myself. You know? Come on. At an epic collapse. He's gone from being a Batman villain to just Todd. Yeah, I'm not making weird like audio plays in my garage with a fucking Kalishnikov. That's that's for yeah, goddamn exactly. sure. Yeah, exactly. You're not, I'm not doing that. Again. Your I guess. Gun. Okay, fair enough. You know. Yeah, I'm not calling into uh, other podcasts like with a shotgun. He did have this weird downward trajectory. I don't yeah. know what's going on with Boner Villain, but yeah. it got like, and it's weird because there are, there are calls I haven't played mm. on the show. 
that just make no sense. They're just unintelligible. You have no idea what he's even talking about. And before, he was like, when he was Batman villain, he usually had a point. Mm. And then it became Todd, and then Boner villain's just full-on insane. Yeah. So maybe maybe he needs you there, life coach. And now he's Boner villain, and he says he's not calling anymore, so dude's in a bad way. Uh, you know, I got Harrison to where he is today, so... <laughs> Boner, Watch out, Boner villain. villain. I think I can can move you along too. <laughs> All right. Wow. Mm. You know, uh, uh, Boner villain. If you want to end up like Harrison, you probably want to avoid this guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know, I really, really mm. hope. All, you know, joking aside, I really hope uh, Boner villain keeps calling the show. Yeah, because he's one of my favorite callers. Yeah, I do love good repeat characters, mm. and he was always interesting. Yeah, you know, and funny. So, Boner Villain, if you still listen, keep calling the show. You know, we'll lay off if you want, but uh, I do like that guy. Yeah, but I don't know if you want to hire this guy as a life coach because mm. you might end up like this dude, microdosing mushrooms <laughs> to cure your depression. <laughs> I'm trying to get the dosage right. Now, well, yeah. we'll see if that works. Like the first time I did it, it did a little too much. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, was, was that when you were texting me saying you were like speaking to like the beast of Endor or whatever the fuck yeah, you're talking about? There was about? a giant beast man in the sky that I was talking yeah. to. I'm at work actually yeah. doing work and I'm getting texts from Harrison being like, these mushrooms are really strong. I'm talking to the beast in oh. the sky. And I'm like, Just click. Also, <laughs> also, I was sitting poolside when I was texting <laughs> Staring you know, up into the sky. I am like envious, a, actually. Yeah, he is okay. living the life. Mm. Anyway, nice to hear from you, Harrison's life coach. Mm. Uh, next call we have here is uh, is another Tony from mm. Marsh Island. Mm. Haven't heard from him in a, in a bit. Hi, this is Tony. Um, Marshall Island's Tony calling again with another exciting tale. Um, Marshall Island. Since you guys don't want to stare too far into the abyss, I'm kind of sensitive. Um, yeah, we do. This story is not going to be about me nor the Marshall Island. This is about... Um, when I was stationed in Okinawa, Japan, in the Marines, um, directly to the story, a friend of mine, he has leave papers, and he's um, supposed to catch a flight to the Philippines the next morning, and the Philippines is still a pretty good place to party, but back then it was a million times more insane, everything from guns to communist guerrillas to you know, booze, bras, and boogie, and people totally poor and desperate, anything for a peso, so, anyway, this guy, um, he could rather unwind. You know, uh, I have a uh, friend of mine that were at work, co-worker that was in the mm. Marines. He was telling me about this one strip. It's, I can't remember the name of this Philippine town, but it's just mm. basically like Vegas in the Philippines, but just all kinds of prostitution. Mm. You know, age limits. You know, it's just like unrestrained libido. Yeah. He was like, and so he at the time was, I don't know if he was a sergeant, whatever the fuck he was in the Marines, but he was responsible for like 10 privates. And he was like, oh, yeah, it's cool. Let's go to this town, hang out. Ten privates. Ten privates. Okay. All right. <laughs> but whatever. A group of ten guys or yeah. whatever they are, ten soldiers or something, had to report mm. to him. And all he had to do was basically just babysit them for, for a weekend. Mm. And so he's like, yeah, we just went out to go have a beer. And he's like, and as soon as we stepped to this street, because no one had been to the Philippines before, he was like, I just knew this wasn't going to end well. Hmm. And like, yeah, three of the dudes ended up like being lost for like two weeks and just like it was a big fucking mess. Oh. But yeah, like 
the, no joke. That whatever town he's talking about in the Philippines hmm. is insane. Okay. I decides to get totally wasted that night on Okinawa before I fly up the next morning. And in his, um, and he decides to go to the street called we called Whisper Alley. In the Whisper Alley, it looked it looked a lot like a regular residential street, but um, in like the houses, um, there was like the oldest, ugliest, cheapest whores in Okinawa, probably the known universe, and. Um, yeah, doing one was, was kind of like sticking your dick in a jar of mayonnaise. But yeah, when you're 19, you know, you used to get all fancy pants. But so this guy, in his drunken confusion, um, he thinks he's on Whisper Alley, but in fact, he's on a regular residential street. And he starts, you know, knocking on some doors. And it, as one house, this woman comes to the door, and she sees him. And um, yes, she she turned around and went to the back of the house, the back room, and. He thought she was going to get a girl because he thinks he's on Whisper Alley, but in fact, she, you know, probably wisely went to call the police. Get her this samurai is, sword or something. Isn't this what happened to Robert Downey Jr.? <laughs> Very similar. Yeah, wasn't something like that? He, like, broke yeah. into someone's. I don't know if Robert Downey thought he was going to go get a hooker, though. Right. Yeah. But he doesn't know that, so he walks in the house. Um, and he's, I guess he saw a bedroom, so he walked in the bedroom. <laughs> took his clothes off lays down in the bed and he's laying there with a woody and the jesus the police show up and haul him off to jail and he was telling me like you know japanese jail sucks so bad that i'm like you couldn't like during the day you couldn't like lay in the bed you had to sit in a certain position staring at the wall for hours and stuff like that but and he got out of jail after a few days and in the end he didn't get in that much trouble um he kind of lucked out he just had like buy some presents for this woman and Go apologize profusely to her. Buy some and... presents. It's a weird. It's a weird culture. Is that what you have to do? Like you don't go to jail. You don't get a fine. You just have to go buy like Hello Kitty stuff or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I guess you just kind of laughed off the end. But the kicker is though he um, he wasted his leave days in the Japanese jail and he never made it to the Philippines. So a bit of a waste there. Yeah. Well, anyway, I hope that story. <laughs> Put his smiley faces on you and <laughs> makes you feel all happy and warm inside. Later. All right. You know, it's probably a good thing that the guy didn't make it to the Philippines. Because if he went to whatever that street was that my, my coworker was telling me about, yeah. who knows what this guy would have done. Hmm. Like, complete like, loss of self-control here. If you're yeah. knocking on random people's doors looking for hookers, then you can't handle your booze. Jesus. God. Good hmm. Lord. Never had that happen. No. Man, hmm. I you know I've known a few drunks like that though. Do you ever know drunks like that that yeah. were that bad? Yeah, I have. I remember this guy. I don't and I his... never want to hang out with them because it's like it's like babysitting a fucking four year old, you know? <laughs> like especially my friends who are like alcoholics, where it's like they're sober and then all of a sudden they're not, and they want and they're like let's go out drink, and I'm like no. Because <laughs> it, it's it, it's like watching the fucking baby from Roger Rabbit or something, you know. You know, I will. I, if they start making an ass of themselves, I'll yeah. just leave. Yeah, I'm not going to be res- unless they're attacking someone or doing something like you know, harassing a woman or something. Yeah. But normally I would just leave. Mm-hmm. But I've known friends that have like 
thought they were going to their home, but mm. they were actually going into someone else's random home. Right. Walked uh. in or climbed through a window. Mm. And then this one, I remember this one guy, I don't want to say his name because I went to high school with him, but he like got into bed, into this like kid's bed <laughs> and the kid was sleeping and the dad, the kid started screaming around the parents' room. The dad flipped the fuck out. Yeah. He locked himself in the bathroom. And then the dad was just like, get the fuck out of my house. And yeah. was like, had a shotgun. He climbed out the window on like the second floor, fell and just broke his leg on Ooh, the ground. Girl. <laughs> yeah. And then they called the police. Oof. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, dude, Yikes. And he had no idea. He thought he was like in his own Did he bed. Get arrested. Oh yeah. Okay. Got yeah. arrested yeah. Had a broken leg. Yeah. Just an idiot. Yeah. Like that, a guy like that. I just won't even, I won't even babysit. I'll just mm-hmm. leave. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Tony. Always, always good to hear. I want to hear more. I want to go into the abyss. I want to yeah. dive deep into the abyss, all yeah. right? I want to see what you have. Uh, last call we have here is from uh, the Ann Arbor guy with a, with a story about, like, being a bouncer or something for strippers. Okay. Hey, sick and wrong. Uh, calling in, long-time listener. Uh, so most of my stories that are interesting are older because I'm a little bit older and uh, have a kid now and... Life's different than it used to be, but uh, anyway, I was figured since you're asking for some stories that I'd share one, and uh, you guys were talking about doing shrooms and how uh, sometimes it can make your stomach a little upset, and yeah, there was that happened time to you back in yeah, I, had, I, like, I haven't been taking that much, so it hasn't been that big of a deal, but yeah, it getting, gets a little. It happens to me almost every out. time I do mushrooms. Like, I'm trying to figure out what the good thing to take is, like maybe Pepto. I, I don't know, but I almost every time, and there's nothing worse than like tripping mm. and shitting at yeah. the same time. Yeah. And it's like, you think you're like begging God for forgiveness. I'd be like, I'll believe in you, just mm. make it stop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's terrible. College when I was in Ann Arbor, and uh, I went to these German ones, and I was watching WWE's, or WWF then, I think, Vince McMahon on TV, and he was going into his hyperbole, and I stood up to do a Vince McMahon impersonation, and I just had to run to the bathroom and lost my shit. And the funny part about it was we were partying with a whole bunch of girls, so it was pretty embarrassing. But uh, like, did, did from, they know about it? Like, did did they know you just shit yourself and ran to the bathroom on mushrooms? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I wouldn't announce it. Mm. But Good, uh, did you have you watched the Andre the Giant documentary that HBO did? I have not. It's really good. Mm. It, I mean, he's a tragic figure, actually. Yeah, yeah. But Vince McMahon is mm. one evil motherfucker. Is he really? Oh, he's mm. an evil bastard. Like, mm. there's a, a special place in hell for that guy. Mm. I mean, he like. He he looked at these guys as commodities. Yeah. And when they, you know, outlived their usefulness to him, he just ruined them. Mm. And like Andre, Andre was basically just a monster. I mean, he's a monster. He's a giant. Yeah. I mean, the guy, like, it's insane looking at his hand hold a regular beer. I mean, it looks like a tiny little cup, like a yeah. fucking shot glass in our hands. Mm. And But uh, Vince, the one thing that in that show that was funny, Vince McMahon was telling this story actually Vince McMahon Hulk Hogan and like two other dudes telling the story about when how Andre the Giant ripped like the longest and loudest fart that they had ever heard yeah because I mean think about that guy sure I mean how much calories he consumed yeah <laughs> I mean he would drink like a keg of beer a night but it's a good documentary but mm. the, yeah but Vince McMahon evil motherfucker getting the obligatory shit joke out of the way 
I figured I would tell another story that relates to what Steele was talking about. He said how he used to be a, sort of like a bodyguard, if you will, for strippers. Well, I did the same thing at one point for working ladies, and the guys would come in and they'd put money on the back of the toilet and a box, and then the girl would go in and get it before the session started. And one of the girls forgot to take it back out. And at the end, when the guy was changing... Wait a second. The guy would put the money on the back of the toilet? Yeah. And the girl would go in and get the money from the toilet? Why wouldn't he just give her the money? Michael Corleone would excuse himself and go to the toilet <laughs> and then get the money and come back out. I don't understand it. With like, a gun. What? That's how it works. <laughs> yeah. So, All right. That's what he was okay. talking about. Yeah. yeah. The bathroom he saw the money was still in there grabbed it and tried running out of the house so she starts screaming when he takes off running and i come out of the back bedroom it didn't even look like it was there and i'm chasing him up the stairs of the jambok he the was what? very fast i managed the jambok what's a jambok i don't know i'm chasing him upstairs by jambok French Canadian Michigan term or something i have no idea I'm we went to the uh, jambok I thought what? it was like some kind of billy club or something. I don't know. Yeah. What, what's a jambok? Uh, yeah. Yeah. To whack him in the back of the leg a couple times. But uh, I'm like It's a thing that yeah. French Canadian fur traders would use to club otters. <laughs> it's something. <or> something. Okay. <laughs> well, it's, it sounds to me like it's a yeah. blackjack. Okay, yeah. You know, blackjacks? Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 Way up the steps. But he bolted out the door straight to his car on the sidewalk and off with me leaving me in the dust a little bit. But uh, it's a lot of good funny stories from those days. Um, he had a blackjack? I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, that's fun. I'm loving the podcast. I uh, hope that the Patreon continues to take off. Keep it sick. Keep it wrong. Bye. Ah, everybody's loving the Patreon these days. Yeah. Don't even Ooh, need to plug it ourselves. Bop, 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 yeah, everybody bop, else bop, is. Bop. Um, yeah. yeah, Steele was talking about how he used to be like a like a bouncer for strippers, like mm -hmm. when they would do house calls. Yeah, have you ever seen? Have you ever dealt with that? I mean, I, I, I kind of did security for uh, transgender. Oh, you did it, yeah, for hookers, right? Hookers, yeah. But I would just, I would just go and I'd take their money and hold it for them. Well, you would just drive them to the location. I would drive right? them to the location, and they'd give me their money, and then when they were, and I'd go home, and then when they were done they'd come by and get the money because they, or I'd give it to them later because they'd get too fucked up on Molly and malt liquor that they'd black out and then they, all their, their money, money would be gone off, yeah. you know but uh, did you ever have to like stop any shenanigans no. or anything no I barely yeah. had to do anything I remember the, it's, it's been a while since I've seen a stripper mm -hmm. in a place other than a strip club yeah but uh, I remember um, it was my friend's bachelor party in Michigan before he got married and uh his like i went back to michigan for his wedding and his friends had like organized this bachelor party at one of their friend's house and i was already living in san francisco at that time so it's mm. been a while since i've been to michigan and this was like such a michigan thing it's just a bunch of dudes with hats like trucker hats mm. and like flannel shirts mm. and they're all in this like shitty house and like buttfuck macomb county or something <laughs> and i'm just kind of standing there like all right and this dude shows up Kind of looked a lot like Ron Jeremy, sort of a fat guy, kind of old, and like greasy hair. And he had like these two Michigan strippers with him. And so, uh, and he had like a duffel bag 
just full of stuff. And, she, and these girls just got naked. They were giving like really hands-on lap dances to the, especially the groom. And at one point, they both kind of sat like ass to ass. And the and the, the guy's like, time to break out my bag of tricks. Let's see some money. And he starts pulling out like these double sided dildos. Mm. And he like put one in one girl's ass, put one in the other girl's ass. And was just like, and he comes up to like just. I was just kind of standing there watching, like you know, like well, this is interesting. He's like, dude, here, grab the grab the grab the dildo. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? He's like, work it, man, work it. And he's like, you know, grabbing it and going back and forth between the girls. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. And he's like, why not? I was like, I'm just not going to do that. Yeah. I'm just going to watch. And he's just like, suit yourself, man. <laughs> and then uh, and then he was like, do I have anybody in here that's not a pussy? Yeah. <laughs> like, and everybody's laughing. I'm just like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I kind of don't want to even get that close to these two girls. Sure. <laughs> they yeah. look kind of gross. <laughs> but anyway, I imagine like that maybe that's that's how you make your money or that he mm. probably gets tipped out because he's doing that. Okay, yeah. But it's still kind of crazy that th- this guy was just kind of this fat middle-aged dude in a room full of like 20 guys mm. like we could have like beat the fuck out of this guy taken all his money and then i don't know did whatever he wanted to to the two girls okay i'm just surprised you'd put yourself in that kind of uh in that kind of situation i'm, I'm assuming you have a weapon you know he might have yeah. i don't know he might have had yeah. that what's that violent wand whatever a violent wand yeah <laughs> anyway uh good yeah. to hear from you there ann arbor guy uh, people can call the Sigma Hotline three two three five two two four zero three two. We have time for one email. I'm just bringing this up because it's a good email, actually, and uh, it it kind of fits in with our whole theme of our new website. Um, it comes in from Mike. He says, "Hey D, thought I'd give my opinion about a recent phone call you had on last week's show. The Hawaii bitch uh, you had as a call is very wrong in what she says about the value and intellectual input." That Harrison brings to the show. Gotta say, I agree with that. Hmm. Wackley's a well-rounded, standard, miserable, middle-class American chap. Who, by the way, I used to enjoy on the show. But Harrison brings a lot more to the show. He's pushing the show to new depths that was not there before. He's obviously a smart guy, and he's a great sense of humor. Granted, he hasn't got a wife or dogs or a stable job. But that doesn't mean he isn't intelligent. I'm an accountant. And enjoy a decent, steady salary, but I'm far from intelligent. Just, just made better life decisions by not taking smack. <laughs> LOL. Yeah. My point is that you don't need to be steady to be smart. And Harrison and, and uh, UD have improved the show by many means. And it's far more funny and less depressing than when Wackerly was there. So keep it up and take no notice of that girl. Bitch has no clue. Ha ha. Uh, postscript here. I'm a longtime listener. Eight years and running. Love you guys. Regards, Mike from uh, Wolves. Hmm. Well, thank you, Mike. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's always a good thing. And that, that's part of it. You know, Wackerly, I love working with Wackerly. Obviously, he's one of my close, closest friends. Still good friends with him. But Wackerly didn't fucking do shit for this show ever. <laughs> yeah. Ever. He, it's like, actually, he was the antithesis of doing shit. He thought doing shit for the show was pointless. Well, wasn't so, that part of the appeal kind of thing? Not to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> and somebody yeah. doing the show with him. Yeah. It was just like, Wackerly just showed mm-hmm. up. And so it was tough because I was doing a lot more work. But now it's kind of cool to have like, you know, a co-host who's figuring out how to like live stream, do YouTube live, do, uh, post videos, research really engaging cool topics and things like that. So I'm, I'm thinking like, yeah, you bring a lot more to the table than Wackily ever did. Different personalities, different show. But this is Sick and Wrong, you know, 
2.0. It's a different, it's a different era. Word. So it's it's kind of nice when you can have a show and have it kind of evolve and change over time. I'm tweaking into a whole new era. Exactly. Yeah. G funk. That's a, that's what it is right you. now. But anyway, uh, we appreciate it. It's, it's good to hear from you there, Mike. Um, people, as you know by now. We're doing the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in like two weeks, basically. Shit, is it? Two God weeks, damn. man. We're going to be doing it August 14th at the Banshee Labyrinth. Anybody want to watch my cat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do uh, have an RSVP list open, although it's already filled. So, um, But at the same time, I don't know about this venue. I haven't been there. So I imagine if you show up... I'm sure there's standing room. I'm thinking all the seats are probably taken, but there's standing room. Mm. Um, and not to mention, after the show, we're going to be partying and hanging out there. And I'm sure we're going to go hit other taverns. Yeah, because it's op- everything's open late or something. Well, I've, right? I've heard from yeah. a couple uh, Scottish people who wrote in that were saying that uh, um, that the Banshee is actually a pretty rad club mm. or pub or whatever. So it's like really cool mm. to hang out in anyway. So maybe after the show, we'll start there. And then kind of move elsewhere depending on where, wherever we want to go. Um, also, I'm going to be sending out a list of people who uh, I'm going to send out a list of email to people who are going to be there, attendees that want to participate in the show. Because we're going to be doing live like interviews, calls, such um, things like that. We're going to actually have you come up on stage, hang out with us and tell us some anecdotes, Word. shit stories, whatever you want to talk about. So um, it's going to be a good time. August 14th in Edinburgh. And then uh, I'm going to be in London. So is Harrison on the 17th, which is a Friday night. So I imagine we're going to be hanging out with some uh, London fans too. Yeah. It's going to be a good time. Anyway, best way to support the show, become a Sick and Wrong patron. I think we've talked a lot about Patreon tonight. But patreon.com slash sickandwrong. We're releasing like 30 to 40 minutes of bonus content every week. Uh, phone calls you'll never hear on the regular show. Uh, and extra stories. Um, so just go to patreon.com slash sick and wrong sign up today we do really appreciate it helps us do things like build a new website you know pretty cool um finally here sick and wrong song of the week i don't know why i've been on this uh this this you know how like you get in a kick with certain bands yeah a kick sound like such an old guy mm. but uh you know how like sometimes I, I do this with led zeppelin okay like every once a year for about a month i just kind of go crazy and just listen to zeppelin mm-hmm. i don't know why Sometimes for a couple weeks. T-Rex, same thing. For some reason, I got, I've just been on this, uh, like, maybe it's because I hate my job, but I've just been sitting at work listening to uh, Brain Bombs. Okay. Do you ever know them? Mm-hmm. Kind of a weird Swedish noise band from, like, mid-80s to, like, the 90s. No one really knows much about them, but they're a Swedish um, noise rock band formed in 1985 in Hudiksvall. Great band, though. People should go check them out. This album, uh, this song that we're going to play is from their album called Obey, which came out, I think, in like the mid-90s. Uh, the song's called Lipstick on My Dick okay. by the Brain Bombs. End the show with that one. People will be back next week with uh, episode uh, 646. Till then, take a sleazy. <laughs> Hey,
It's Quigley. Bling bling, hello. Boom boom with the jackhammer.